I, I think we spoke during COVID. I think we were texting or like what we were doing in yeah, yeah. quarantine. At that time, I was like going to the beach, you know, <laughs> literally like, you know, watching the stars. It's it's really easy for us, you know, even in Athens, like we have everything from, you know, mountains to sea to beaches, seaside bars. You have literally Oh my everything. gosh. Amazing. She's living yeah, the life, yeah. DG. She's meanwhile, living the life. Meanwhile, we're here in Bangkok. Like, meanwhile, I'm, meanwhile, I'm here and like... As per usual, after this, I'm going to go and make myself a bowl of uh, cinnamon toast crunch. And that, that's pretty good. That, that, that's also that's living good. a life, you know? Yeah. I mean, whatever works for you. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Would I like to make myself a bowl of cinnamon toast crunch, go to the beach and watch the stars uh, in Athens? Yes, I would. Unfortunately, it's only the bowl of cinnamon toast crunch that I have. Um, I, I'll You're take what I... Halfway there. That's, well, um, that's half full. Yeah. One third, one third of the way there, I guess. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to a new episode of Older But Not Smarter. This week, we are talking about being a third culture kid, and we have our second special guest it is everyone (laughs) yeah everyone say hi to chloe chloe hi what's up thank you so much for having me on the podcast i've been i've been keeping up i haven't missed a single episode i've loved every single one literally the highlight of my week every time you guys like release an episode I'm on it. So sweet. You guys are so good. And it's and you and you talk about such relevant, deep topics, and it's so entertaining. So thank you for like making my week. You're making (laughs) our week. Oh, thanks. You're making me blush, Chloe. (laughs) No, seriously, I really love it. So well, well done, you guys. Yeah, uh, right. thank you. We 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 try we we try our best, don't we, DG? We do. Doesn't make sense sometimes, but we have fun. That's true. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, we we try. Try is the uh try is the operative word there. But yeah. Oh, anyways, like uh, so yes, we do have Chloe here um joining us, our second guest. Uh, I it's still insane that we get uh we we actually have guests on on, on the podcast. It's also insane that we have someone like Chloe, like what, uh, like listening to the podcast every week. It's also insane that Chloe actually sent us a question, um, you know, to um, uh, send us a send us a question. <laughs> I don't know, but anyways, I'm I'm an active I'm an active listener. I'm a fan. So oh my gosh, thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, welcome, Chloe. Um, so a little bit of a background. Me and Chloe met when we were doing a. Uh, we were doing what was it uh, an internship over uh, this magazine here in Bangkok, and we immediately just became uh, uh, great friends. And she is over in sunny Athens, where she is living the life, a life that me and DG are so envious of. <laughs> uh, like my gosh! But anyways, oh, come on, you spend your time in like five star hotels. <laughs> i mean i mean okay yeah 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 i 
literally every time I'm on your Instagram, you're like in a bathtub with like bubbles <laughs> and holding a glass of champagne and like literally having a sea view. And you're just like, yeah, guys, living the life. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I have that occasionally. I mean, it's not like you where you like, you know, you can go out and I'm like, I- I- I'm going to go to the beach. Like, I just feel like going to the beach. So, you know, I'm just going to go to the beach. No, but anyways, yes, a third culture kid. DJ, why are we talking about being a third culture kid this week? Because Chloe is a third culture kid. <laughs> and we, in a way, kind of grew up with various cultures because of being one nationality, being raised in another country, and then being in a school that held many different cultures. Right. That is true. So I think me and DJ have talked about it before. Um, we came here to Thailand while we were very young, and we're both, we're both full-blooded Filipinos, but we're not really Filipinos. We're not really Thai. However, the reason why we have Chloe here is because she is something um very very unique <laughs> um and we'll, we'll, i won't i, I don't want to spoil it and i want i want i want to give the floor to chloe to uh to share like all her experiences and all that but uh dg has a bunch of questions as per usual and i know and everyone knows what her first question is going to be uh dg take it away okay chloe how would you define or what is a third culture kid? So a third culture kid is someone who has spent a significant part of their development years in a culture other than their parents' home cultures. Um, so in basically in short, it's someone who has spent their adolescence and childhood in a country that's different to their parents' country, uh, home countries, but they have to be moving to certain it can't just be one place they have to be moving um to several different countries it has to be two three or more okay ah, i see all right god all right um pl- please give us some background on your ethnicity and where you were raised so i am british chinese my dad's from london south london my mom's from hong kong and I was raised uh, mostly in Ho Chi Minh City, south of Vietnam. And All right. So uh, wait, wait. G- give me, a, give me a sec. Just, um, okay. Just, just a little. Uh, once again, her dad's, her dad's, Eng- uh, her dad's from the UK. Her mom's from Hong Kong. She was raised in Vietnam. Uh, UK, Hong Kong, Vietnam. <laughs> just want to make sure that you know. <laughs> Just want to make just want to make sure that we slow it down a bit for you know for um you can rewind if you want if you want to you know re- rewind a bit but just you know UK just in Hong case Kong listeners Vietnam. don't get confused yeah exactly yeah so half British half Chinese raised in Vietnam moved I love to it. Bangkok Thailand um for secondary school so that's when i entered the british international school system so i started when i was in year 10 and graduated when i was in year 13 and then went to the uk to do a degree uh university at the university of warwick studying languages within those four years i went on my year abroad to paris and chile in south america and also spent some time in colombia came back to the uk moved to berlin germany for a bit and then moved to Greece 
all right so for, for all our listeners over here like y'all can like play this on like 0.5 speed or something or like negative yeah Oh, no, not 0.5, negative 0.5. I'm sorry, negative 0.5 speed. Just go over that, like, the last, like, 10 seconds, just so you really understand where uh, Chloe is. You know, you know what? You know what would be easier? Open the freaking map, drop pins wherever Chloe has been, and then you'll fully understand where, you know, where she's coming from. <laughs> Pitbull He's wishes not- he had what Chloe has. Chloe's actually Mrs. Worldwide. <laughs> Legit. Like legit, Pitbull has nothing on Chloe. Pitbull has nothing on Chloe. <laughs> okay, literally, guys, so. literally. Next question: <laughs> Which culture influences you the most, and do you prefer that culture the most? Mm. Now, this was a very interesting question. The reason mm-hmm. why is because some people won't probably expect my answer, um, given my background and also um, where I was raised. But actually, it's the French and Southern European culture that I prefer the most and that has the most influence on me, uh, which is also a reason why, you know, I'm in Greece because it's like, you know, Mediterranean, it's in Southern Europe. And the reason why that I I say that is because I actually um, grew up well, I went to French primary school when I was very young. So from kindergarten to about 12 years old. So mm. um, that's why I speak French. And I studied languages at university. So I was there for 10 years and the French culture or the European culture has a really strong influence on me. Um, and also, I really admire the South American culture. It's very similar to Mediterranean, like they're very warm, hospitable people. And they're like the nicest people I've, I've ever met. So yeah, that's my answer. Do you, um, that is uh-huh. an amazing answer. Legit, true. Um, were you were you in were you in France longer than you were in any of the other uh, countries? What well, what was the longest time you spent in one country? Like, which was the longest? Uh, fourteen years, which is in Vietnam. Um, but actually, wow. uh, before that, yeah, but before that, I had never been um to France, or I, we went to France on a ho- like with my parents on a holiday. But that was when I was a baby, but. Because Vietnam was actually a French colony during Indochina, um, oh. that's why we had French schools and a really big French community, and also Vietnamese people pe- speaking French. So I was really influenced by that culture um, because right. it was yeah diverse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, but you, I mean, you did say if if the listeners are following and they rewound and played that part in real really slow, that you did go to Colombia, you did go to South America. But you did also mention that it, it does it did influence you, but you were already um, you were already um, university right? You were already in in, in university yes. at that time, but you still feel yeah. that it, it really did like uh, it really did uh, affect you. You really did yeah. get some of the culture. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. I was lucky um, in my first year of university when I was studying in the UK. I got on a sort of a scholarship like basically a trip that was paid for um, where you go and study um, an intensive language course for two weeks in Colombia. I had decided to stay a month and that was the best, like the best time I've ever had traveling or the best time I've ever had. Like the, the people were just so 
lovely and warm and just loving. And I was Mm. like shocked. Like I didn't, I didn't expect it. And it was like, you know, they introduced me, the Colombians, they introduced me to everyone in their family. Like, you know, I stayed with my uh, Colombian professor and it had a really strong influence. And at the end of two weeks, um, I was in the headmaster's office with a group of people that got on exchange because it was, you had to apply for a place. There were only five positions out of the entire department of languages. Um, and at the, like, I remember just sitting there in the principal's, in the headmaster's office, just breaking down in tears because I had never felt this overwhelming sense of love and family mm. to someone that they didn't even know that well, you know, I had only been there for two weeks and for them to create such a warm and loving, you know, like experience was just, you know, so special to me. So it it really had profound influence on me. Um, And yeah, and that's why, you know, I studied Spanish in university. So uh, I studied French, Spanish and Arabic. Arabic we'll get on to later, but um, the South American (laughs) culture, absolutely Yeah. And I had a meeting a few weeks ago with um, someone in Panama for my for my work and I held the entire meeting in Spanish. So that was really cool. So I use my languages in my work as well. Right. Uh, I mean, um, maybe just to summarize a bit uh, about Chloe for what we've what we what you guys know about Chloe uh, right about now. Um, uh, Number one, she's living the life. Number two, she's awesome. I mean, if you guys haven't I mean, that's pretty obvious, but I just want to, you know, I just want to reiterate that uh, living the life. Awesome. All right. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, DG, next question. I feel like we kind of answered these questions, but we can always repeat it because, you know, it's a lot to take in. Definitely. So, that, that, that is true. To, if you need me to repeat anything, I'll be more than happy to. So our listeners can get the full breakdown of that's who true. I am. <laughs> because Chloe has a okay. lot of ex- Chloe has a lot of experience. Oh, and just to add on, like yeah, that time when Chloe was in, um, Chloe was in uh, Colombia. I do remember. Uh, I do remember. Like we 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 used to like maybe text and all that or message. And you were in the UK, and you you came from Thailand to the UK, right? Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I visited. So, that right. So Chloe came from Thailand, where we had like. 30 bot food and 20 bot food and really like a, a lot of spices, a lot of taste. And then she went to UK where everything was bland and it was always raining. And it was like, you know, <laughs> and then we would talk and then she would be like, things are so expensive. Like they don't taste like anything. <laughs> like I need spices. <laughs> and then she went to Col- and then she went to Colombia and everything just changed, you know? And um, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if Chloe is willing to share this. I'll share it. If, if you don't want me to share it, I can. Yeah, it go go for it. Go for no, it. But, I can't remember uh, what I said. No, 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 no. I was just going to say that Chloe is a great dancer as well. Once Thank again, you. guys, if, if, if you have not gotten the, um, the notion that Chloe is awesome, like you should get that by now. Um, she's a great dancer. She went to Colombia, and then like her Instagram is always just like, you know posts of her like dancing, like you know rumbaing with um one hot guy after another. So you know, um, basically she went from a bland from a bland country, and then she went and lived the life, and it basically went downhill from there. Now she's just 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. She she basically once she went to Colombia, like you know, just life started. Like you know. <laughs> Anyways, my life began. Yeah, life like Rapunzel. Uh, uh, DG, sorry about that. Mm-hmm. Now, um, what country did you primarily grow up in, and how many years did you spend there? Kind of already answered this, but yeah, for yeah. the listeners at home. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, Vietnam, Ho Chi Minh City, and I spent 14 years then there. What languages do you, do you speak? Right. Oh. There we go. And I was going to ask that. What languages, uh, what language did you use primarily growing up? So growing up in Vietnam, I spoke Vietnamese, English, and French. Um, of course, I've lost a lot of my Vietnamese because I haven't been back in a very long time. Um uh now i speak english french spanish i'm learning greek so i'm getting there <laughs> slowly mm-hmm. and i also studied arabic uh for three years at university so amazing so you can speak and write arabic right i can read and write speaking for me is is really difficult still like i still have i still struggle with the pronunciation in arabic mm-hmm. and because mm-hmm. um there are so many different countries in the middle east every country has a specific dialect or a way that they speak arabic so the arabic that i learned was modern classical which is basically the equivalent of like shakespeare in english or like the english that you use yeah wow. in the news or like in literature stuff like that yeah 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 so colloquial you know, normal speaking, it's it's slightly different, yeah. So. Right. But what w- when you when you moved around, so you went, so you were in Vietnam, and you had like a predominantly, um, a French community there. But then you also moved, mm-hmm. uh, you also moved around to to other countries. Was it um, was it easy for you? Um, were, were the people you were around with did they all just normally speak English already? So it was okay. It was okay for you conversing with them, or did you find that, for example, when you moved uh, here to, to Thailand, where you're like, oh gosh, it's Thai, it's something I like. I I don't know. Like, how difficult was that language wise? Yeah, I mean, um, so in Thailand already, I struggled with the language barrier. You know, I. I didn't really have an interest in learning Thai because I was already doing so much and involved, you know, getting involved in school and extracurriculars, you know, applying for internships, whatever you do in school and keeping busy, applying for university as well. So I didn't really have time to learn Thai, although I maybe picked up like a few words, but definitely in the school I went to, which was um, Howard International School, you know, 90% or the majority of people were Thai. So you know, for me, and and it was like, we have this rule where, you know, students have to speak English, you know, not a lot of people stuck to that rule. And it was very cliquey. And, you know, the language was predominantly Thai. So, um, you know, it was easy to feel excluded a lot of the times. But, you know, (laughs) it's okay. It is. It is what it is. It is what it is. I'm here right. now. So, you know, learning Greek, so Thai doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Um, uh, growing up mixed, did you feel any insecurity regarding your ethnicity when you were in an environment that was predominantly one ethnicity? Yeah, absolutely. So this is, this is gonna, I'm, I'm going to be real. So I always felt like I was the odd one out always Mm. um I always felt really different to everybody else no matter what social group I was in 
um, there would be times where I'd be at a party and people would be talking about something and I just couldn't really relate to anything that they were saying, you know, um, for example, when I first came to the UK or when I um, first came to Thailand, um, because, because I had all of these experiences, it was difficult for me to relate to other people. And because as well, um, I have a relationship with each culture that I'm surrounded with, but I don't have full ownership of any or no full knowledge. So That's for example, good, yeah. my... Yeah, so for example, my mom's Chinese, right? And she speaks Mandarin and Cantonese because she's from Hong Kong. But for me, I can't fully own that culture because I myself, I don't speak Mandarin and, you know, I can't say I'm Chinese. So um, it's, it's for me, uh, it's like I've been living these kinds of fragments of cultures and languages from yeah. all over the world without having full ownership of one, of one culture or one identity. And I was always envious of people who know who they are and where they come from. And, you know, they are fully proud of that. And, and it's something that, you know, I've never really had or never really understood. Um, so that was really hard and uh, very kind of complex, complicated for me, difficult for me to wrap my head around. Um, and also the fact that I couldn't identify myself with anything or see myself in anybody else, you know, so mm. it's this kind of frustration that I deal with, you know what I mean? And again, like I said, I was always envious of people who, you know, knew exactly like what culture they're from, have a strong cultural identity and be really proud of that, you know. Um, South America, for example, let's say Mexicans or Colombians are a really good example. You know, they're really, really proud of who they are and where they come from. And that gives them a sense of identity and a sense of, you know, comfort and belonging. And it's something, unfortunately, I, I can't say I've ever had. Yeah, for us, we are, um, we're, we're Filipinos, but we, we technically, we grew up here in Thailand, um, but we don't really own um, though, yeah, we don't really fit in with the Thai culture um, necessarily. We don't fit in with the Filipino culture necessarily. We don't, but um, like for me personally, I still consider myself Filipino. And uh, but for you, it's really like this sense of being lost, maybe if that's the right word, or like really feeling out of place. But uh, uh, I'm I'm curious. How do you? How did you? How did you deal with it? Or have you actually like? If you're willing to open up, <laughs> um, uh, how did you deal with it, or have you already dealt? Uh, have you already dealt with it, or are there days where you find that you know it comes and goes? Sometimes you're like, "Oh, I feel like I belong," and suddenly you're like, "Nope, uh, I don't feel I don't feel that way. I'm still lost." Man, <laughs> <laughs> it's you know, it's such like it's been such a journey and you know, uh, it's been really difficult. And I have days where I really struggle because I get triggered so often, you know, with, with a lot of, let's say, social situations and even things with family, you know, that really trigger me, for example, because I can't speak Mandarin, I can't communicate with my Chinese grandparents. So already within my family, there's a loss of connection and kind wow. of like, you know, 
fragmented and also with my British family because you know I sound kind of like international and American I don't feel like I belong with my British family either because I don't consider myself as British so I'm just this like one thing (laughs) that no one can really label or identify and it's taken me years years to be okay with this you know and, and years to actually work through the fact that actually you know, I don't have a sense of belonging in anywhere and it, that's okay. You know, I may be considered a foreigner or an outsider wherever I go, but that's okay. And it's taken me a lot of time and a lot of therapy to actually, you know, heal myself, you know, mm. and find within myself a sense of grounding and, you know, a sense of belonging within myself first and, you know, embrace myself, you know, for who I am uh so so it comes from me first but that that like you know that took a lot of work and that took many many years of just sorting through and you know figuring out really who I am without having a strong cultural background or a strong you know um sense of even family you know within my um yeah yeah but I I know like my parents have definitely done their best you know I I love them and you know with the circumstances that we had you know I'm not blaming my parents at all but it's just Mm. you know the lifestyle that we've had there are definitely consequences to let's say being so international being you know having grown up in so many different places and, and, and meeting people and you know meeting cultures and like taking fragments and pieces from everywhere I go to that it's hard to make a sense a clear understanding of who you are basically. So yeah, that's, that's really it. And maybe as well, I try to channel myself or like my ideas and different things that I do, for example, with the dancing, you know, the dance floor is my home, <laughs> you know? Yes. So it, yeah, it is. Yes. Well, you know, I, I belong to like the dance floor, I'd say, you know, so just, just things like that where, um, you know, and also the Greeks also have this saying, I think, where they say, um, like, you belong to, like, literally where you are. It's like the soil that you step on right now is where you belong. So if I'm here and I'm like in Greece and I actually belong like here right now that I can build something for myself here, if that makes sense. And be like find right. a sense of yeah home so it's 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 um it's interesting but all of these things i've kind of had to like build up myself if that makes mm. sense not it's relying fun- on any any it's funny that you said that. i know dj has another question sorry dj but uh you uh you did mention something about you know um about being where you are as your home so for you how, is that how you define is that how you define home basically it's not where your parents are it's not like where your family is it's uh for now where you are right now um yeah for me right now yes um Greece is home for me and it's also where predominantly have you know loved ones as well so you know where my parents are it can also be my home so home can be different places for me Mm. it's not one thing um, South America, so, you know, can also be my home, like in Colombia and, you know, other places I've been to. So it's, it's different. I can, I can pretty much say that I have friends from all over the world. Right. The world's my just, home. 
no, mm-hmm. no, exactly. I was, uh, would you say then that it's much easier for you because like for me, I would say that maybe I could sometimes say, oh, I feel homesick if I go somewhere else. Like I, I want to go back to the Philippines or I want to go back to Thailand. It's only those two places or that I feel at home. But for you, it'd be like, I go to South America. I'm fine. You know, I go to, I go to Greece. I'm good. I go to Hong Kong. Yeah, sure. Like, is that, is it easier for you then that you have so many like homes around the world? Yes and no, because I still have feelings of, let's say, homesickness, but it's so complex to explain. It's ridiculous. Like as TCKs, we go through so much unresolved grief, you know, with like Mm. moving, you know, for example, something would trigger me like, you know, there was a time when I was in Greece and I was just like browsing the internet. Um, and like, I don't know, I was like looking for home interior designs because that's what I do now as an adult, <laughs> you know, <laughs> going on Pinterest and like finding yes. ideas to deck my home. Yes. And I came You and DG are like, going to, uh, you and DG should share. Like DG is a great interior designer as well. Like, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I need your Pinterest girl. Give me your handle. <laughs> but yeah, as I was, as I was saying, oh my God, what was I saying? Yeah. So I was saying, um, I, I, I stumbled across these pictures that were like Zen inspired bathrooms. And I recognized that my parents had them in Vietnam in our home, in our apartment, that they had all these interior design books. And I just broke down crying. Like, it's just things like that, where you get reminders or triggers mm. from different countries you were in can bring you into like such a place in the past that you really miss. So it's like, you're still kind of grieving that aspect because it's not necessarily something that you have access to right now, let's say, you know? Um, So it really can be anything uh, that could like trigger you emotionally, you know, even like music, a song or like a memory or even a photo, you know, just it's, it's, it's really crazy. Yeah. 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 So. Wow. Dang. Um, Also like when you were talking about family, I just imagined like, you know your family's getting together like one half is the, like the, the chinese side one half is the uk side and they're all just like oh you know this is so and so so and so so and so and then oh who's that oh that's chloe she's different <laughs> <laughs> that's chloe yeah <laughs> okay <laughs> This is uh, this is uncle. Uh, this is uncle from Hong Kong. This is you know this is, well from from Britain, and that's Chloe. Chloe. I'm an alien. <laughs> clearly not from this planet. <laughs> All right, DJ, go ahead. Okay, I'm curious though. Like, do you favor one ethnicity over the other? That's a good question. Oh, that's a tough one. Well. There's good in both, like there's good and bad in both, I would say, but I don't think I can choose. I'm sorry, because it's like, I look too white to be fully Asian and too Asian to be British. And this mm-hmm. is what I had when I was in England, you know, people mm-hmm. could clearly see I was like Asian somehow. When I was in Thailand, obviously people were asking me where I was from, you know? Right. So every time I move country, like the place, like even here they ask me where I'm from. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm from England. You know, even I don't speak like a normal British person. Uh-huh. Um, so, but I don't know. I do embrace my Asian roots more and more now. And I think I, I really like admire like the, the Asian side of me um, as well, because 
I don't know. I feel like my dad does complain a lot about England, which was why he left in the first place. Um, he really, really hates it. I'm sorry, dad. If you're listening to this podcast, I just, I just I'm sorry for all those like British listeners out there, but like, I, you know, it's, yeah. And, and my boyfriend as well, he's half British, half Greek, and he, he really dislikes England as well. And I, I think, I don't know, it's not, it's not for everybody. And uh, yeah, there are things in that culture, which um, I, I don't identify with, or, or, you know, I, I, I don't understand yet. Mm. Um, so I prefer to be somewhere else. So that's why I kind of left. And if that makes sense. I just realized how difficult, or how complicated the question of, so where are you from is for you? <laughs> so where oh, are you man. from? <laughs> where are you from? Like, honestly, honestly, <laughs> when I'm not bothered, I just say British now because it's on my passport, you know? Right. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm British. If you, right. ask, if you ask more questions, then yeah, I'd be happy to explain further. But for now, I'm British. <laughs> is it you now do you want the short story do you want the full details yeah oh my yeah. gosh I never realized that I was just like oh wow like while listening to you I'm like okay that must be a complicated question I like it oh, is. Uh, like <laughs> maybe what, what was it like did you ever did you ever have that trouble when you were like in because in an, you were in an international school here, did you really just go by just British or like when people, you know, the teachers go like, okay, so where are you guys from? And everyone's just saying, you know, American, British, whatever. And then, you know, it comes to you and you're just like, well, <laughs> or did you just say I'm British? Again? Yeah. I'm just, I guess I just say, you know, my, my dad's British, my mom's Chinese, you know, and, and so on. So, yeah, and but it's, it's, yeah, it's been hard because it's like when you see the confusion in other people's faces, you kind of don't really feel, it's like, it kind of makes you feel a bit confused yourself, you know, <laughs> like when you see the confusion in their faces. Say it again. What, like you're, 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 uh, 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 what? <laughs> It's like they're trying yeah. to figure out a, a, a puzzle or something. Exactly, exactly. So, you know, it's, um, you can just see they're, they're just a little confused because they're like, huh, they're trying to make sense out of it. And a lot of people don't really remember my background <laughs> mm. uh, as well because I've just, you know, been in so many different places and cultures. But um, yeah, it's definitely, you know, something that's been hard to explain and describe. Yeah. Also, I do I do remember there was one time I think you went you came back here in Bangkok. I think that was a year or two years after you left for um for uni in the UK. And we met up and you know we were just so happy to see each other. Uh we ate a uh, we ate a bonchon and uh a guy rudely Oh like, told yeah, us I remember to, that. Yeah. A guy rudely told us to like shut up and keep it down and and both of us were just like seriously like two girlfriends hanging out like please like chill um but anyways no uh, the one one thing that you one thing that you were mentioning is how 
um, yeah, when you went over to the UK, you were the Asian kid, which is so weird because for everyone here, you're like, you're the white girl. <laughs> you're <laughs> so, um, uh, how do you, how does it, how do you deal with that? Like, how do you deal with, you know, you move to another part of the world and then suddenly you're labeled this, but, and then you go from to another part of the world and then you're labeled another thing, maybe something completely opposite. Yeah, it's, it's, look, it's not been easy because you ask yourself all the time, like, who the, can I, can I come on this podcast? Go yes. ahead. Sure. Yes. Great. Who Go the ahead. fuck am I? <laughs> <laughs> Literally. And you're like asking this, like all the time to yourself, you know, or like, who am I? Where do I come from? You know, like what do I stand for? Like, where is home? Yeah. You know, why am I having to confront like all of these things and all of these questions um, and, and these issues, you know? Um, so yeah, I, I do get labeled differently. And, um, you know, that's why recently I've had to really just build a sense of grounding within myself now and accept it. You know, I'm not just one thing, I'm all these different things and it's actually okay. You know? Nice. Um, so it's, you know, something that uh, if I were to tell my younger self or other people, you know, just embrace the fact that you come from so many different backgrounds and you're diverse and identity is also fluid anyway. And you guys can probably relate because, you know, mm. you are you, you are both Filipino. You came to Thailand, but you don't really fit into either cultures. Right. Yeah. So. You know, and I think nowadays as well, because we're experiencing so much, um, you know, let's say immigration and people taking on jobs, you know, from around the world and becoming expats and and moving that now diversity is something to really embrace and multiculturalism, like we can't really run away from it. You know, it's something right. that we need to understand nowadays. So in contrast to all the struggle you dealt with, with, you know, identity and everything, what is your favorite thing about growing up as a third culture kid or do you even have like a favorite thing yeah um, I have so many um I have so many and it's 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 good point because there's not only bad there's good as well so I've gotten like the opportunity to taste like the best food like in the world literally from like you know in Bangkok like there are restaurants that are really like top or like even the street food is just so amazing and like right. no other place beat it. You know, I've had right. like copies in England or like copies in the United States. It's just not the same or even in South America, you know, and I've literally tasted the best of the best. And like, that's been so amazing <laughs> as a third culture kid, you know, I can't complain. I've, I've been, <laughs> and yeah, I love food. So yeah, that, and also the chance to like go to such amazing places, you know, I can really say like, I've, I've been to really a lot um, of beautiful destinations and in the world and getting to bond and get to know people from different backgrounds, you know, and, and meeting new people. So that's been really amazing. Uh, yeah. In Chile, for example, I went to the Atacama Desert, which I think is the driest desert in the world. I may be oh, wrong, God. but it was it was so beautiful. Um, you know, I got to go to the Galapagos Islands where uh, Charles Darwin discovered evolution. <laughs> and I got to like see just like 
all these things. And yes, it's definitely a privilege. And, you know, I'm not going to deny that. Like I've had all these privileges growing up, you know, the chance to travel and go to beautiful destinations and meet people. So that's been amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So once again, like if it, it hasn't sunk in yet, Chloe is awesome. I just want to keep reiterating that, like if you haven't gotten it yet. Oh, thank you, Eric. You know, you guys are awesome too. <laughs> Um, yo yo oh yeah sorry okay um do you think your parents did a good job of exposing you to both parts of your heritage slash culture how so (laughs) i was gonna say my parents parents, i know they're probably gonna listen to this podcast because i know my mom will but uh (laughs) Uh, I think hi Chloe's mom. Hi mom. (laughs) I think my parents did their very best with their circumstances they were in. Again, like I said, I don't blame them in any way. I think they did a really good job with raising us with everything that they could do. You know, um, and my mom as well was you know working mom. She was teaching dance and raising us at the same time. And my dad was like working full time as well, um, more like a lot. And going on trips but um I think my mom did a good job at trying to expose me to the Chinese culture like we always celebrated Chinese New Year and also Tet which is their version of Chinese New Year but in Vietnam uh so she would like decorate the house you know we would have very often Chinese food we would go to yam cha or like dim sum like every weekend um the only thing I do regret though but this is completely my fault is that I never took the time to really learn Mandarin and become fluent in it um and it's because I was just doing so much already as a kid with like music lessons dance lessons like everything that I was doing that I didn't take Mandarin seriously. And because of that, as a result, I'm unable to communicate with my grandparents, which for me, like, I'm actually really sad about it. Uh, And it's Mm. like one of my regrets because they may not live for much longer. And just knowing the fact that like, I couldn't connect with them on that level. And like, someone always has to be there to translate, like really actually hurts me um, and upsets me. So I would say like, that's the only thing I would change. Um, Whereas like for my British side, my dad didn't really do much because like the British people don't really have a culture. I'm sorry, but like what is this? Fish and chips, Chloe. Eat fish and chips. Here you go. Football, football, I I just want to tell you, I did like a practice run of these (laughs) with another like, person who was like a third culture kid and they were like does england even have a culture it's just football and fish and chips yeah (laughs) i was right i was right (laughs) i got it right football and fish and and chips and tea isn't even like originally british it came from like india and china exactly (laughs) tea isn't that you know they just like they just steal other people's cultures and we we just somehow have to be okay with it (laughs) Hey, it came it came from a British person. So it's you know, it's yeah, it, it's so true. I would yeah. say I would say from my dad, baked beans, because baked beans is like a typically like British thing to eat. I don't know if you right. guys know. Yeah, I baked, love baked beans, toast. beans on toast. Yeah. Like he used to eat that like all the time and I used to love it until he decided one day it was like really unhealthy. So he just decided one day like, okay, we're not gonna have this anymore. It's too unhealthy. I'm like, okay, fine. Um, And also just like 
like Monty Python and just like British comedy. That was about it. Nice. Like that was my dad's part, my dad's right. contribution. <laughs> Monty Python and beans. Honestly, on beans. honestly, that's a great contribution. Like, like people are just gonna ask, "How do you know you're British?" And then you just go, "I fart in your general direction," and they're like, "Yep, he, yep, he's British." Okay. <laughs> yeah, sarcasm. Yeah, and like all those things as well. Mm-hmm. Growing up, did you find it difficult connecting with others because you had such a unique upbringing and were a culmination of cultures, like in friendships or in even romantic relationships? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Like, I was extremely detached at one moment in my life. And, you know, again, because I was feeling the odd one out in just so many different conversations and social uh, groups or even context that like I couldn't relate to any anyone anymore at one point and I was so withdrawn that for me to actually go out and meet people and make friends and you know continue those friendships for me just took just so much effort and even now like I do struggle because I do feel really you know withdrawn sometimes because it's like oh man like they just can't relate or I can't relate to them um, you know, and I, you know, after all those years of traveling and moving, like I was just so exhausted, like I couldn't anymore with <laughs> friendships and people and relationships. Um, uh, like actually my boyfriend has been right. Well, I'm, I'm with someone right now and we've been seeing each other for like over a year and he's been really supportive and understanding about this TCK thing. Obviously I had to explain to him a few times because the first time he didn't really under get like, get it. And then he's like, ah, oh, damn, like him. this is, really I understand. Deep. Yeah. And then he said, you know, wow, this is actually really deep and serious. Right. Have you, you know, seen a professional about it? Like, how are you dealing with this? And I'm like, yeah, like I'm, I had to go see a professional about it because it was just affecting me just so much, you know, having all these thoughts in your head, you know, all these questions, all this unresolved grief that you're always dealing with and, yeah. you know, living your life fragments, you know, of things and people and places that you once knew, you know, uh, that I had some serious issues, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean it's fully understandable i i mean just just describing who you are is like it needs like a powerpoint presentation or something like that i could just imagine like i could just imagine your boyfriend like looking like that and you're you're like presenting a powerpoint like okay so this is who i am this is when i was born this is where Next i was and, <laughs> and then your boyfriend's just like taking notes like really and then there's like okay you better pay attention because there's an exam after this and if you don't get over 50 we can't be in a relationship i'm leaving you <laughs> yeah no he he's done like he's done his very best but it's you know it's something that let's say in my previous relationships like for example i had one belief that all my relationships would end because of you know because of, in in the past i've had to literally like you know, I would break up, like my relationships would end or friendships would just kind of fizzle out because I was moving. So I had a belief that stability was something like that was possible for me to achieve. Right. So, so because I had that belief, I just stopped trying or I just stopped, 
um, developing long-term friendships, you know, or, or like even me, like I, I really criticize myself for not like not being a good friend, not being there for people, you know? So I have the things where I feel really kind of like detached and I feel like I can't be a good friend sometimes. Mm. Um, so I had, I've, you know, I've had that belief for sure for a very long time. But can I also just say like knowing who you are and I know, like once again, we don't we we don't talk regularly, right? Well, um, no, uh, that, uh, that was a tongue that was a tongue twister to say. Regularly, we, we, don't, we don't regularly, <laughs> like my American mouth. Um, uh, we don't talk regularly, and um, I mean it's co- almost like the same thing with me and BG. I mean, we talked about this before, but Chloe, uh, you seem to be the kind of person who actually does make friends easily like you make connections easily like when you vibe with someone but like when we met when you me and poor met like like when we vibe, like we just well that's it i spent two yeah we, yeah. yeah i spent we, i spent two weeks like in uh in that internship and immediately like i mean here we are years later and um you know uh when we're still here we're still talking we're still uh we're still mm-hmm. friends so i think that even though I think maybe that even though you went through that period of your life where, I mean, so understandable that you would be tired forming these relationships, somehow you have found a way to be able to relate with people so easily that you just connect with them. Uh, you, you just connect with them like really effortlessly. I guess I do, but I think, you know, the issue is that keeping those friendships, you know, keeping long-term relationships, mm. I'm not so so in the beginning stages, then yeah, I can connect with someone easily and I'm, you know, friendly and all these things. But I think, you know, keeping that friendship or that relationship for a long-term thing, I'm like, fuck, how do I do this? <laughs> like, you know, because I've moved so often, I've never had right. to, you know, develop those skills. Like, for example, with people's birthdays, like I always miss them or like, you know, my 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 family in England, like I, I can't remember whose birthday is when or like... <laughs> you know, or like just things like that. Yeah. So it's, it's just, but I do blame myself because it it is laziness. It is selfishness. I, you know, I recognize that. So I'm trying to be Mm. better, but I'm not perfect. Um, But, you know, it is definitely something Yeah, I've struggled with keeping like friendships, like stable or like, you know, long-term for sure. I guess, I guess that's why we are, I guess that's why we're friends, Chloe. Because as me and DG said, like we have a low maintenance uh, friendship, so like I don't, I don't, uh, I don't yes. message you and be like, Chloe, why haven't you talked to me in months or even like maybe years? Like oh, you're not a good friend. I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> it's like we're. I know. We're good. No, I, I need need more of those low maintenance friendships, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Because I feel like these days, just people have so many expectations, and it's just like, yes, really, like. Really, yeah. you know so yeah i mean i mean i i guess i do understand like where if there there are people who are like that like there, there are people who want friendships like that and i mean um i'm sorry that's not me <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i just would be like i mean the, you know the, this is who i am not really you know i mean dg can attest to that right dg yeah. I mean, it actually never occurred to me that you're supposed to talk to your friends frequently. I just <laughs> thought it's kind of normal that like, well, we'll talk when we can. It's no big deal, right? 
And some people were like, no, we stopped being friends because you're not talking to me. I'm like, that's not it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I would I say like, I would say also that there's a difference like when you're when you're not when you're only talking to uh, other because I, I I've had someone um who will remain nameless but who DG knows DG DG, DG. um the, uh this person was saying that oh I do have friends and they're like okay so how do you know um how do you know your friends oh well we talk to each other when we have problems and then we you know and then we don't talk and then after that we don't talk about anything at all and I'm just like Wait, what? That's not friendship. I love how man. you have to throw shade. Just like <laughs> I'm not so shade. I did not so shade. I did, I, it, it, I said a name, nameless. It's a nameless person. It's a name. It, it's someone nameless. They're not nameless. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But this person was like saying, like, was really interesting. No, that's how friendships are. You know, we talk about we talk when we have problems. We talk, and but then you know when when everything is fine, we don't care about. Uh, you know, we might we just mind each uh we don't mind each other's business and i'm just like that's not a friend that's an acquaintance you don't like you know it's like a therapist <laughs> <laughs> that's true we should tell the friends like you should charge or or something mm-hmm. like me like yeah me yeah me and dg or like yeah me and chloe like we we don't really we, we don't talk her regularly oh why do i keep saying regularly i need to find on we a daily basis there we go we don't talk on a day thank you chloe thank you oh my gosh we don't thought we don't we don't talk on a daily basis but like when we talk it'll be like you know it, it it'll be like so good it, it'll be like a really good conversation it'll be like how are you it's really like a catch-up and it's not yeah, like it would be like it would be like basically like just as if you know i was still in bangkok like it would be like all those years you know exactly It'd be like what are you you know so exactly like, and um, it's not just it's not just chloe i have a problem can you help me and after after chloe helps me i'll be like okay chloe well i'll talk to you when i'm uh, when i hit another snag in my life again but for now go live your perfect life in greece and i'll go live my life here in bangkok okay call you when i have a problem oh come on guys bangkok isn't that bad like i have so many people who that want to visit thailand no bangkok isn't that bad yeah it's, it's like just, you know. i until tiktok i never realized how much people actually like thailand <laughs> <laughs> i'm like wow you want to come here no but i do like bangkok i think bangkok's a pretty fun place to be honestly bangkok is it a really place. is Bangkok is a great place yeah, i mean you really can't is. Like, you can't what you, you guys are complaining about <laughs> Oh no no no! Eric I mean, was complaining about it. I like Bangkok. Really, DJ? <laughs> really, really? I mean, I could list down the it's things the you've said about sometimes Bangkok. Sometimes that I have beef with, and you just see. like the way they treat foreigners. You see, but anyway, yeah. Yeah. she started. <laughs> she started already. She was. She's starting to go down the list. She just stopped herself, but she has a list. She's got a list. I do maybe, have a list. maybe the next podcast should be about like Bangkok, <laughs> like the pros and cons of living in Thailand. Oh, I love yes. that. That's a we should great do that. podcast idea. All right. And if we get if we get the government's um we get the government's oh, yeah. we get the government's eye on us, we could be deported. I'm joking. <laughs> I'm gonna cut that out. Will I? Nah, let's <laughs> Just put to that be in. Safe so you don't get arrested. <laughs> I don't care. Put um, it in. Oh, I forgot about the government censorship. That was a thing yeah. back then. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Chloe, do you think you're a more well-rounded person because of your TCK upbringing? Mm. I would say that because I've traveled so much and seen just like so much and actually like met people from different backgrounds that I can actually say that Eric was right. Like it's easy for me to build a connection with someone very quickly. Um, And it helps me in my job and my career as well with, you know, starting conversations with people, you know, being relatively interesting, you know, selling something to someone. So it's not difficult for me to do that. And, you know, because of all the traveling, like I have, you know, let's say an emotional like maturity now, a sense of emotional maturity and also resilience. The fact that I've had to be so independent and stand on my two feet without relying on anyone else, like even, you know, my parents, like that I haven't actually seen for three years, you know, like I've had to provide everything myself since coming to Greece, you know, so, and, and, and just, yeah. And, and because I've, I've, I've traveled the four continents by the time I was 18, like I have a pretty good understanding of, let's say the world and the big picture. Like I'm not so focused on all the little things and the, you know, the little trivial details that maybe some people just you know are like too let's say wary of even in England like they talk about very um trivial stuff or at least like very superficial materialistic stuff maybe not just in England but you know generally I'm not into that does Mm. that make sense so like I'm not really I'm not really into small talk like I'm just not you know that person um, but I understand how some people can just focus on like the small details and not really understand the big picture. Right. So how's the weather today? Mm. <laughs> Look at the sheep watch? grazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, I love oh, how we oh. both went into that debt. Right, right, right. <laughs> we didn't even discuss that. Look at the sheep grazing. <laughs> <laughs> look, 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 look at look at, look at, look at the bird in the neck. <laughs> <laughs> look at the bird. Look at the seagulls. Yeah. Now, now I was like, oh wait, Chloe's visited four continents. Well, now, okay, podcast listeners, um, we're gonna raise funds for Chloe to go to Antarctica. Yay! <laughs> Meet the penguins. <laughs> Did you just say pen- penguins? The penguins are in Antarctica, right? No, <laughs> I thought I you said. That? No, I thought you said penguins and not penguins. I oh, thought you I went penguins. I thought you went Benedict Cumberbatch there for a second. You, you... <laughs> penguins. All right, Chloe, you have been such an amazing guest. This is our final question for you. Yes. Um, now that you're older and have gained some perspective, what is one thing you wish you could say to your younger self who was struggling? Um, so I tell myself to take all the time that I need and also to find a mentor or professional that I could speak to, or if anybody else who is probably facing the same issues to actually like not run away from it or find distractions, um, because that could lead to a lot of negative things like, you know, self-sabotage, you know, Mm. depression, like all these things, if you internalize them and don't deal with them. Um, so I would definitely see go seek therapy or at least find a way where you can 
express yourself and channel this somewhat. For example, I like to write, I like to dance. You know, I was into theater and music growing up. That was kind of my way of coping. Um, but obviously just, you know, even though I get triggered a lot, I have to learn how to deal with them, you know, and, and, and totally just, um, yeah, not run away from them. Just sit through it, sit through the pain, deal with it. And then, wow. you know, accept yourself, accept the situation as it is, uh, and, and give yourself the time, like all the time that you need to heal basically. Yeah. So, yeah. And also embrace who you are, you know, um, just, you know, some self-love, like that, that's really important, you know, and even though society may not validate you or, you know, give you a place of belonging, don't let that get you down and always, you know, give that love to yourself that you deserve, I would say. Um, yeah, like that's okay. <laughs> you can find a sense of belonging in other things, you know, like yeah. I do with dance, for example. Yeah. I was going to ask, like, what, what would you say to people who are like, who are TCKs and going through the same thing? But you basically answered that. That's, mm -hmm. that's really, really, that, that's really, really good. Also, Chloe doesn't just dance, she also sings. Oh, just saying. Uh, just saying. <gasps> Oh, it's been so long, Eric. Like, I actually forgot that I was able to do that. <laughs> I have no, the YouTube good. video. Oh, no. I have the YouTube oh, no. video that proves otherwise, Chloe. Anyway, because my mom was a dance teacher, I, like, did all these performing arts just growing up. It was kind of, like, normal back then. But, you know, now I, I don't really have so much time anymore to do right. those things. Or, like, you know, I, I just dedicated, you know, them to, like, Latin dance and stuff but I wanted to ask you guys what about you like how do you deal with like not fitting in completely Filipino and Thailand like how do you how did you guys navigate that I'll start with the DG first because go? DG has I mean DG has been here um like longer longer than me I no well I mean she was here young uh, at a younger year than I was mm -hmm. um yeah I mean as we mentioned, I'm fully Filipino and I grew up in Bangkok. I moved here when I was like three or four. And I feel like between me and Eric, Eric is more connected to his Filipino roots than I am. I definitely yeah. struggled. Um, I feel like I was like a whitewashed Asian, which is very unfortunate. <laughs> like I thought, <laughs> like I thought it was kind of necessary to like bread to be with like your breakfast all the time. In, in Asia, it's like, it's rice. It's kind of weird. Um, but no, I think I, I felt that sort of like loneliness kind of disconnect cause like I'm not really Thai. And when I'm with, with Filipino people, even Eric asked me, like when I visit him at like church or something, he's like, are you like going through a culture shock right now? Are you okay? I'm like, no, it's, it's fine. <laughs> um, I just try not to think about it, honestly. Like I, I accept the fact that I'm fully Filipino and when people ask me, I am. But then when they ask me where home is, I'll say it's Bangkok and because I grew up there, I think it's helpful to, for me to not make it too complicated and not attach myself to a label so much because, mm. you know, people aren't going to know me by my nationality or where I grew up. They'll know me as a person and I would rather prefer that than like, oh, she's Filipino or oh, she's from Bangkok. It's like, Oh, she's Danny. That's that's a lot better to me. 
Benny. Um, Benny. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Eric, you have a go, please. <laughs> please, please answer now so I can. <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> Um, yeah, I do think that uh, I do think that DJ has got it um, worse. Is is worse um, the right thing to say? Um, yeah, because for me, unlike DJ, I I do speak Filipino. I speak Tagalog still, um, which is even when I go back to the Philippines, a lot of people are so amazed that I do s- still speak the language because I left at like I left for Thailand when I was like six or seven. And all the people who are the like my first grade classmates, they some of them also left the same age that I did. And now, like whenever uh, whenever I see them on Facebook, they don't speak Tagalog anymore. They don't speak Filipino at all. Like they're completely they've completely adapted um, the culture and the language of where whichever country they've immigrated to. Meanwhile, I I still I still speak Tagalog, so. Um, and I also went home like every year for the first like five, six years that I moved here to Thailand. So I'm really, yeah, I really am still connected with uh, the Filipino culture. Um, I go to church and, you know, the people in church are, you know, mostly Filipino. So, uh, yeah, I didn't really feel that loss, although I did really see that. Yeah, I did have like a different thinking um, like I did see that there are there are types when I would say there are times when I would say, oh, there are things about the Filipino culture that I don't really necessarily agree with that I find that weird. Uh, I find that like mm, that's not really that's not really good or I don't really want to adopt that. And yeah, when that happens, it's not really. Yeah, it doesn't really bother me that much. Uh, but I think, oh, uh, one of the best examples uh, of this for both me and DG was when me and DG met up in the Philippines two years ago, 2019, right, DG? Yeah, yeah, it was right before COVID really hit. So I don't, time. I don't, I don't know, I don't know if we, I don't know, I don't, did we talk about this in the podcast before? I don't think so, right? Uh, friendship episode, like the first one, yeah. I think. Chloe's saying yes. You see, Chloe does listen. <laughs> avid fan, avid fan. <laughs> I'm expecting this year, guys. <laughs> yeah, so the best example was that story of me and DG hanging out and us like really talking in English and all that. And everyone was just like, uh, you know, all the Filipinos are like looking at us like, oh my gosh, they're, they're rich kids because apparently speaking English in the Philippines means you're rich. And then I would just like, and then I would like, uh, these people would be speaking Tagalog not knowing I fully understand or DG even fully understands them. She can't speak Tagalog, but she she can understand it too. And then they'd just be left gobsmacked when we reply to uh when I we would reply to them and they would be just be like, oh shoot, they understand us. Um so yeah, there's a bit of that disconnect, but I don't think it's um as uh is traumatic the right word? I don't think it is. <laughs> um, it's as troublesome or doesn't carry that much weight as like like yours, Chloe. Yours is really, um, yeah, that sense of feeling lost. I think me and DG, maybe sometimes we have a bit of an identity crisis, maybe, but not as deep as yours, not as harrowing as yours. <laughs> not as Without... harrowing. No, yeah, yeah. no, I mean. International school, very harrowing. Yes. <laughs> It's a good word. I appreciate that word. <laughs> yeah. So we don't. I don't think. Yeah. I don't. 
personally for me, I didn't, uh, I didn't have to deal with it um, that much. Uh, yeah, fair enough. I just wanted to know your your perspectives, but um, yeah, no, it's you know it's been something that I had to work through, and I did a Reiki course like oh. um, two weeks ago, and it's actually a self healing practice and exercise. And, you know, I've been seeing some like a, a professional just to kind of work through these issues because, you know, obviously I'm 24 now, but they they still come back every now and again, um, as I've mentioned before. But I'm working through it and I'm in a better place now mm. than I was. Um, but that's, you know, that's life. Like we all learn and we all like stumble and, you know, fall, but we have to learn how to get back up and just you know, survive just like the daily stuff. You know what I yeah. mean? So, yeah. Uh, here's a question. Do you think it'll ever um, fully go away? Like, do you think you'll come a point in your life where you're, you're finally settled and you don't have to go and um, see a therapist or you don't have to um, work through stuff anymore because you're already like, yeah, this is who I am. That's it. Or do you think this is something that you'll have to deal with for the rest of your life? I think um, I'll probably have to deal with, with this for a very long time because, you know, because of like all those years it was affecting me, you know, um, and how constant it is. But what, you know, but the thing is I need to take responsibility, you know, mm. over these feelings do something about them and turn them into something positive, you know? Um, so I've had to, you know, gain a sense of self, like determination, not self-determination, self, mm. uh, you know, autonomy, not autonomy, but like control, I guess, in terms right, of right. how, you know, I, I deal with these, but no, I, I don't think it will completely go away ever. Mm. Yeah. Unless oh, yeah. everybody turns into TCKs. <laughs> I mean start relating to everybody around me. Let's, <laughs> let's all let's all share the same pain and grief. That is no, I mean, you know, one day because everybody's so you know becoming so international, you know, maybe right. one day in the future. 20, 30 years, you never know. We could all be TCKs and mixed and just interbreeding, you know. <laughs> we'll all be cream colored. <laughs> like cream, Russell cream colored. Cream colored. <laughs> I could just. Nice cream of mushroom soup. I could just ima yeah. imagine like grandpa, ah, grandma Chloe, like sitting on her rocking chair and being like, ha, now you have to go through all the crap that I went through. Ha. <laughs> He's like, suffer. Oh, you suffer. <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> oh, there, there is one more question that I, that, that I was going to ask um, while you were talking previously. Have you ever met someone who was like you? Who had, who, like, I mean, not the, completely the same background, but who, who, was com who also came from like the same, like, I would, my parent, my, one, my, one of my parents is this, one of my parents is that. We moved around and all that. Have you ever met someone like that? Yes. Yes. Actually, she's kind of like my my mentor now, um, but she's oh, nice. 20 years older than me. I met her in Berlin. She's actually fully German, but she grew up in um, Tanzania and like 
I think it was Tanzania. No, South Africa. What am I saying? Uh, South Africa and all these different places. So for her, Germany was never home, but she is a third culture kid in the sense that she experiences a lot of the feelings I experience as a third culture kid myself with everything I was describing. So we just kind of, you know, catch up and connect, let's say maybe um, every two weeks just to catch up on how we are and like how we're navigating through life, you know, the issues we're dealing mm. with or what came up for us. So it's kind of a way for me to connect with them, but it's rare uh, to come across just like a TCA or people may think they're TCK, but they're not actually, right. actually you know. Um, so, so she's definitely a person that I'm in touch with and I'm very close to, I would say. Yeah. But that's so cool. It's so cool that you, you actually have someone who actually relates with the stuff you're going through, because for any other person, like you said, like you present your PowerPoint and then everyone is just like, wait, what? Huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 So I'm very so lucky. So I'm, I'm very lucky. Yeah. To have met her. Yeah, and to have her in my life and guide me through all these things, you know? <laughs> yeah, legit. So, yeah, yeah. But um, she would love this podcast. Yeah. Shout out to Tatiana. <laughs> so, thank you so much thank for you, having Chloe. me. No. Thank you, Chloe. Thank you so much for like, hearing for your coming. story and like the way you tell it. It's just, it's very emotional. But like, I feel connected to you, even though I don't share your struggle. It's beautiful. Oh, right. thank you so much. And thanks for giving me a platform to actually, you know, express this and, you know, maybe connect with other people who may be going through the same thing. So I really love what you guys are doing. And I hope you guys, you know, get big someday and like, you know, Aww. go on all those famous shows. But I, I, I really love what you guys are doing, really. So I never miss an episode, as I said. Very oh my gosh. sweet. Thank you. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm my, 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 my bowl of cinnamon <laughs> toast. My bowl of cinnamon toast crunch is gonna be like I'm gonna really, really gonna enjoy it just because of uh, the stuff that Chloe said. No, but yeah, Chloe, thanks so much for uh for coming on. I really when we started this podcast, I I like you were one of the uh you were one of the first people I thought like we have to get her on because she has a great story to tell. And uh no, no, yeah, but yeah. Um, you were one of the first people I thought of. Like we, we need to have her as a guest. So thanks, uh, thanks for coming. And hey, this this might not be the last time. We can hit you up again. You know, make you come back. Yeah, sounds good, guys. You know, anything you guys want to talk about? Like languages, <laughs> languages, tech, working in tech. Ooh. You know, all those things. Career. Love that. <laughs> dancing. But no, yeah. Um, I really love what you guys are doing. And I'm kind of dancing and I'm kind of working on a book now, kind of, because it's like been on and off about like belonging and like the TCK mm -hmm. thing. So I don't know how to structure it because I've never <laughs> written a book before. <laughs> so I'm kind of struggling, but uh, you know, figuring it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just just consider this a very, very early, like, you know, making the rounds for promoting your book. We're just the first one. So um, let it be let it be on record right now that we are the first people to ever get the famous author um, on our podcast. Okay. Yep. Oh, thank you so much, guys. Exactly. Great. Thank, thanks so much for listening. Uh, once again, if you guys have any questions or anything like that, there's a link in the Spotify. There's a link in the website. Wherever else you're listening, 
I don't know. There's probably a link somewhere. <laughs> it's only Spotify and Anchor that find I know. <laughs> yeah, find a link. It's somewhere there. It's probably in the episode description. And we'll see you uh, all again next week. Uh, Chloe and DG, say bye. 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 bye.